Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Monday, October 21st. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, fluorescent native and emerging scientist Kevin Cox Jr. has received more than $1 million for his research at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center. He'll use the money to better understand and eliminate plant diseases. He hopes to mentor children of color and inspire them to pursue careers in the sciences. I hardly had any African-American mentors in the sciences. And so what I want to do is be a mentor to those underrepresented groups just to help them have a presence. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson speaks to Cox about the Million Dollar Fellowship and what's next for him in plant biology. First, the news. There is general agreement that the city of St. Louis needs to regulate the use of surveillance technology, including security cameras and license plate readers. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, the mayor and the board of aldermen are at odds over who should write the policy. Earlier this year, Alderman ordered the administration of Mayor Lyda Krusen to put together a report outlining the types of surveillance technology in use in the city. They are working on legislation ordering the public safety director to develop policies for using that technology, which the board would either approve or reject. But Krusen's administration has been quietly working on an executive order setting its own guidelines. That bothers Sarah Baker, the policy director for the ACLU of Missouri. We are not asking the mayor's office to unilaterally come up with a surveillance technology policy. We think that entirely circumvents the democratic process that is laid out in this bill. Aldermen have delayed a vote on their legislation in an effort to work with the mayor's office. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Attitudes toward immigrants are sharply dividing people in Illinois. That's according to the results of the NPR Illinois University of Illinois Springfield poll. Only 34 percent of Republican respondents say legal and undocumented immigrants help the state. That number is 75 percent among Democrats who took part in the survey. Former Republican Governor Jim Edgar says his party needs to be more pro-immigration. From a purely political point of view, I think if the Republican Party are perceived to be anti-immigration, that it will hurt, and particularly in a state like Illinois, where we're already behind. Fifty percent of Republicans are open to legal protections for undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. A spokesman for state Republicans says that is the official party position, but it's still well below the overall statewide support of 73 percent. Soldiers at Fort Leonard Wood are testing new technology that could help save lives after a terrorist attack or natural disaster. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports the equipment could be used by both the military and civilian first responders. The technology includes sensors that detect heartbeats and respiration, infrared cameras, and 3D imagers, all of them deployed with drones and robots. A team is testing the gear at a simulated collapsed building at Fort Leonard Wood, Major Andrew Hansen says the equipment improves response time. It's a way to allow us to be quicker and receive more information in a timely manner. It also allows us to get into areas of a rubble pile like this that that maybe our team just can't get into. 
The experiment is a $700,000 Department of Defense initiative. A final report will come in January, with the possibility of the technology being deployed in 2020. Reporting from Fort Leonard Wood, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. We want to know what you think about the gateway, the good, the bad, and yes, even the ugly. Send your thoughts to feedback at stlpublicradio.org. Florissant native Kevin Cox Jr. just received a million-dollar boost to his career. He's one of only 15 scientists throughout the country to be awarded a major grant from the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. He will use the money to do research at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center. As Cox tells St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson, he did not grow up dreaming of studying plants. As a child, I didn't see myself as a plant biologist. I just saw myself as a person that wanted to help others. And I thought the best way to do that was become a, a medical doctor. But as I got older and as I'm in my career now, I realized that I'm pretty much still helping others, but actually at a much larger volume because I'm actually helping the world solve a global problem. Yeah, I think so, especially now that you are one of 15 fellows who've received this prestigious fellowship can you break down to me what you will actually be doing at the Danforth Center? So overall, I'll be studying how plants get infected and why they get infected. Because plants, they get sick like humans. And when the plants get sick, in some cases, they can actually die. And that's bad for us because that means less food for us. And that's a dire need with a growing population. So my project involves looking at this interaction between plants and these microbes and figuring out what genes are directly involved in this interaction. And with your agricultural work that you're doing in the lab today, how will this benefit Missouri farmers and crops? So it'll benefit Missouri farmers and farmers in general because if we can find the key genes that are involved in these plant diseases, then we'll be able to produce better crops that are more resistant to these diseases. And that means there are less crops that are lost and the farmers will be able to produce crops on a consistent basis without the fear of losing millions and millions of dollars each year because of pathogens. Surely this opportunity is very rare for African Americans. So what does this mean to you? This fellowship means everything. It not only jumpstarts my whole career, but it allows me to be a leader in sciences, not just to the general public, but also to those from an underrepresented background. So like in any other field, you have people that you admire and mentors. But being an African-American in the plant science field, I'm sure that's limited. Oh, yeah. So tell me who are some African-Americans in the industry that you admire and those who have helped navigate you throughout your career? You know what? To be honest, I hardly had any African-American mentors in the sciences. I'll probably say it'll, it'll be next to nothing because I hardly interacted with African-American plant scientists. And that leads to another passion. That's where I kind of saw the gap in the sciences is there was this lack of this African-American presence. And so what I want to do is be a mentor to those underrepresented groups like African-Americans or Latinos just to help them have a presence and help mentor them. Knowing that you didn't have any um, African-Americans to mentor you in the sciences, how did that kind of make you feel? Having no African-American mentors, that was it was tough. There were times where if I needed to vent culturally, I would have nobody to vent to because I'll be the lone African-American in my entire department or in classrooms. So going through that tough feeling, that's why I want to become a mentor for them. So that way they won't have to go through what I had to go through. 
How do you think that we can get more people of color interested in um, science? I think the biggest thing to get them interested into science is to get them involved early, like as early as even middle school. Because at that stage, that's where they kind of start to uh, have a somewhat idea of where they want to go to. I know when I was going through high school, I didn't realize you can be a plant biologist as a career. But I look back now and then if I had somebody come in and just say like, hey, this is one of the things you can do with a biology degree, that would have probably inspired me from the start. So what would you say to a young person growing up in Florissant today where opportunities like yours are not even on their radar? Uh, I would tell them to come talk to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I would tell that person that's living in Florissant is that they should definitely keep their options open and just explore like what you love doing because that's what ended up having me land my career. That was Kevin Cox Jr., a Hannah H. Gray Fellow at the Donald Danforth Plant Science Center, speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson. Our Holly Edgel edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Find me on Twitter at Wayne Radio. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.